Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the DBIP Group Live Innovators Q&A with Amir and Victoria. I hope you guys like our new intro jingle. I'm super, super stoked about it. Victoria, very, very nice job. Very cool to, to mix up the intros. Uh, this is a Q&A show where you get answer questions related to intellectual property and create a lot of awesome content that will hopefully help you guys out as you guys are navigating patents, trademarks, and other areas of intellectual property. If you guys have specific questions about intellectual property, feel free to email them to Victoria. You can reach her at victoria at adbip.com, victoria at adbip.com. Also, we have a community number, so please text us at 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. Just send a text. Love to have you on in our text community. And uh, if you have questions specifically about IP, um, just text them to the number and we will do our very best to get them answered on the show. So again, trying to bring you guys a lot of high quality content and value and uh, hopefully just illuminate and, and bring clarity to a lot of IP issues that might come up in your guys' lives. Um, so this is a Q&A show. We've been doing a whole series of awesome episodes on how you guys can protect your brands for mobile apps. And we've been doing a whole series related to intent to use application. So what what you can do to protect your mobile app name or logo. So logo that could be your, on your icon even um, before you even release the app. So you could actually start doing this form of protection before you even write a lot of code. So as long as you have an idea for the name of it, this is, might be a good way to, good starting point for starting to protect your intellectual property. All right, so I will let Victoria give us the question of the day yesterday and just a, just a quick, uh, we'll just do a quick recap of what we did and then we will move on to today's question of the day. Sure, so yesterday the question was, how does my company file a TS Plus trademark application on a mobile application logo before we release it? So we showed you guys how to protect your logo using the TS Plus application and remember, the plus application is a little cheaper than the standard application. So it's 225 instead of 275. So it's $50 cheaper. Now, that said, I highly encourage everybody to do the TS standard because again, it's $50 more, but you get full latitude and description of goods and services. And by the way, later on, if if for some reason you have to amend the description of goods and services, it's nice to have that flexibility that the TS standard affords you. So Go ahead, Victoria, and tell us what today's question of the day is. And I believe also, isn't it episode 68? Yes. Wow, 68. episode. this is episode 68. Go ahead, Victoria. So today we're doing the standard application. How does my company file a TS standard trademark application on a mobile application logo before we release it? Awesome. So we had a logo uh, that we were using a sample logo. Uh, I'm going to let Victoria think about uh, what we will do for the uh, actual app, but let me just show you guys the logo that we have going here. Um, oh shoot, one second, let me, let me see how to do this. Uh, yeah, okay, there we go. So I think, there we go. Okay, so this is, this is the logo <clears throat> for our future app. We haven't even written a line of code, right? So, but we plan to release this as, a, as an app in the future. So, all right, so let, let me uh, switch over. Let's get started with the application. So first thing we're gonna do is we're going to go to 
tsdr.uspto.gov. Um, takes you here. Uh, just to help you guys out, I will show you guys the link. So tsdr.uspto.gov. And we're going to go to file online. All right. So this starts the process for how you go about filing the application. So you're going to click on initial application forms. And then you're going to click on start your application in TS right here, right below, right below ready to apply. Now, again, I'm already logged in. So it takes me directly to the app initial application starting point. But just so you guys, just so you guys know, if you guys are not logged in, then it will prompt you to log into your USPTO.gov account. Now, if you don't have a USPTO.gov account, it's not a big deal. You can create one. Uh, it doesn't take that long at all. It's pretty quick. So go ahead and make your USPTO.gov account. And then when you get to this point, you'll, you'll be able to log in. If you're already logged in, though, it'll take you directly to this page here. So I'm going to go ahead and click the TS standard. And then I'm going to do it from the perspective of our company. So if you guys are doing this for your own company, you'll be able to follow this video along exactly and, and get your, your logo submitted. So again, this is asking me to select, uh, this is where you put our, in, our owner information. So I'm gonna go ahead and put, uh, let me, sorry, I'm playing around with my, uh, with my configuration here. I'm trying to maximize real estate. I don't wanna be too zoomed in, otherwise you, will, you guys, it's too hard to, to see the page. And if you're too zoomed out, then it's impossible to, to read it. So the owner of the mark is going to be my LLC, Standard Technology LLC. And I'm going to select entity type as a limited liability company. Now, one thing, once you select that, it's going to, it almost refreshes the pages, but then it asks you for the state of incorporation. So I'm going to go ahead and select California. And then down here below, I'm going to, I'm going to input my, my mailing address information. So this is our co-working space. And I'm going to go ahead and leave my phone number blank and my fax number. And it's going to give me a warning later, what you guys are going to find out. But for now, I'm just going to leave it at is, as is. And I'm going to go ahead and select my company email. And I'm going to go ahead and put uh, a website address. Now, again, website address is optional. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, leave the phone number blank. So when I hit continue, it's actually going to give you an error. Not an error, but a warning. It's going to say, hey, be really good if you entered your phone number. But remember, they have my email. So that's how they're going to communicate with me. If they need to communicate with me, they'll send me an email. And more than likely, uh, that's what's most likely going to happen. If there's any if there's any issue that needs to be corrected, the examiner is going to reach out to you and send you an email. Um, they do sometimes call you. So again, sometimes it's nice to have a phone number. But remember, this is all going to be public and published to the world. So it's almost better to, I, I think, I think keep it confidential. But if you have a company and you have a customer facing, a customer facing phone number that everybody has anyways, then maybe it maybe it makes sense. So this is the part where we're going to upload our special form character. So uh, this is basically a logo. So I'm going to go ahead and click choose file. Now I've already I've already teed up the the logo for us. But just so you know, this is my pretty this is pretty standard for me. So I usually create images that. So this is required. These are the maximum dimensions, 250 by 944. What this means is that you can't have any image that is gr that is less than 250 pixels in, in any dimension or more than 944 pixels in any dimension. So what I like to do is I like to make the image as large as possible so that it's up to the 944 pixel. So if it's a lengthwise image, 
944 pixels in length. If it's a if it's long wise, I would make it 944 in, in height. Now, obviously, keep the aspect ratio; otherwise, it's not going to look good, right? But I like to just have a nice big image if possible. If possible, I think it just shows up better on the register. Now, the other big thing is I, I like to submit black and white or grayscale images. That's because I usually do not claim color as a feature of the mark. However, however, if your mark is in fact a has color that is distinctive and is operates as a source identifier, then maybe it does make sense for you to claim color as a mark. And again, JPEG and PDFs are required. So I'm gonna go ahead and click attach. Guys, if you guys don't click attach here, it's actually not gonna attach your logo to your application. And you know that it's attached because it does this refresh and then it shows up here. So that's how you know, that's how you know it's in fact um, attached. So we have to now input the literal element. And again, this is the actual words that show up in the logo. So I'm gonna go ahead and type in wheelbound. That's the cool logo that Victoria designed for us. And then again, we're not claiming color as a feature of the mark. So I'm gonna check this box here. If you were, you could you would do something like the color uh, blue and gray or something. You guys get the idea. But here we're not claiming color as a feature of the mark. Um, and again, this is where you actually describe what the mark consists of. So I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a visual, the mark consists of a visual design of a wheel having the words, the word wheel bound at the center, at the center. And again, it adds the period for us. So you don't have to go ahead and add another period. That would just create a redundant period for you. So, okay, I'm gonna click ahead and click continue. Now we get to go to the fun part where we get to take advantage of the TS standard part of the application. So if we scroll down here, uh, it's gonna, we're gonna see that we have options. We can search the ID manual or, or we can enter freeform text. So this is really where the power of the TS standard comes into play because what we're gonna do is we're gonna go in and just click enter freeform text. And this is gonna take us directly um, to the option to actually input our own description of goods and services. So I'm gonna go ahead and click select class nine. Again, class nine is for downloadable software, okay? If you guys have a website, that's not gonna be class nine, okay? But if it's a mobile app, if it's downloaded onto the phone, that's gonna be class nine. So now we get to actually input our own description. So we're not tied to any sort of description that's in the in the um, TS standard, the TS plus uh, application. So I'm gonna go ahead and type in, how about, and actually, Victoria, if you want to come back on to, you can help. Sure. Um, how about a language learning application? Okay. Mobile applications that provide language learning tools. Thanks, Victoria. Now, I'm going to go down. I'm going to select section 1B. Remember, we're doing intent to use trademark applications in these series of episodes. And again, what that means is, is that our application is not yet out in the app store. It's not yet out in the world. Um, consumers can't yet download it or use it, right? So this gives us an opportunity though, to start the application process and secure a filing date for the logo. So again, really powerful tool guys. Um, again, we're gonna check the box here. This is just saying that you understand you have a bona fide intention to use this mark in commerce in the future. And it also reminds us of the requirements for 
getting this registered, which mean, which is that eventually you're gonna have to submit what's called an allegation of use. That's a fancy way of saying, you need to submit proof that you're actually using the mark in commerce. So you're actually using this wheel bound logo to promote and offer your, your mobile app in the marketplace. So eventually we're gonna have to submit that, that proof. That proof is also called a specimen and it can be a screenshot of the mobile app store that shows your logo next to a mobile app that you can download. So again, we're gonna check the box and then we're gonna click assign filing basis down below. So assign filing basis, we click that button and then it takes us to this page here and it shows us class nine. Here's our description and then section 1b so we're good to go we're going to go ahead and click continue and again if you guys watched episode 67 yesterday you guys saw the ts plus application while being 50 dollars cheaper uh were very, limits you though limits you in terms of what description of goods and services you can actually put into the system so kind of cool um it's kind of nice that that we're able to in this situation have more flexibility so I'm gonna go ahead and input a serial uh, a docket code for us. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Victoria's email here. Now, one thing I wanna remind you guys, it's really, really, really good idea for you guys to include your teammates, your colleagues, anyone that you are working with in this marketing effort to secure and protect your brand. Just because if you get correspondence from the, tra from the trademark office, you wanna make sure that you know about it and that it's calendared correctly. And so I think the more people that know about the correspondence, the less likelihood that something's gonna slip through the cracks. So um, I have an awesome, awesome colleague, Victoria. So I'm definitely going to put her email in here. Um, and then if I have other team members, if I have, for example, an, an assistant or someone that's on my team that's also working on tra trademarks, I would definitely include them here. And uh, to add them, you, all you do is just add their, you just add semicolons and add their, their emails afterwards. And you can enter up to four. So again, really cool, useful way to stay organized and stay on top of everything. I'm gonna go ahead and click continue. And now it's gonna take me to the part where I actually can validate and sign the application. So I'm gonna sign directly. They make it really, really easy for you guys to sign these applications. All you have to do is put your name in within slashes. But before we get there, we have to sign some declarations. And what that basically means is we have to click some check boxes. But, but guys, I highly, highly encourage you, if you guys are doing this on your own, it's a really good idea for you guys to read what you're what you're marking. Um, why is that? Well, this is this is essentially a legal instrument, and so it's really important to understand what it is that you are attesting to when you sign this document. So the first thing, the first checkbox explains to you the, what an actual use application is and what an intent to use application is. Now, this confuses a lot of people because they 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 selected intent to use, but then when they're reading it, the first thing they see is actual use so that uh, applicant is filing under uh, use in commerce. So this is confusing, right? But there's actually an or here. So there's it's an if statement and there's an or. So this bottom section is what, it's, what it's applying to us. So we are filing based under an intent to use the mark in commerce. So this is the section that applies to us. Now, the three boxes below are expanding out upon what this what this means. So um, basically what this means is that we have a bona fide intent to use the mark in commerce and we're entitled to use it in commerce, which means that there isn't another individual that's using the same mark or sorry, very similar mark for the same goods and services. So the second checkbox is saying that as far as we're aware, there there isn't some other mark that is really similar that might create confusion in the marketplace if our if our mark were also to be registered. So 
the third checkbox is saying that everything that's in this application it has some factual support behind it. And then this fourth checkbox is saying that we understand that we're citing under penalty of perjury. So any willfully false statements could be could subject us to fine or imprisonment. So once we check these four boxes, then we can go ahead and sign the application. Again, they make it super easy. All you do is you put your name within slashes. Now, I've had people call me and tell me that, hey, it's not letting me sign. Remember, it has to be within slashes and it has to be between. So you have to have one at the beginning and one at the end. So remember, slashes, both sides. Now, once we sign it, all you do is click. It actually auto-populates the date for you. And then here we put our name in. And then for the position, if you are if you have some title, like president or CEO, go ahead and put it in. That's where you put it in. Uh, the phone number is optional again. So that is how you sign the application. Once we sign it, it's going to be what's called validated. So I'm going to go ahead and click validate. And again, it's going to give me the same warning of, hey, you didn't put your phone number in. Again, not required. And now we're at the very, very end. This is the very last step in the filing process. This is this page is going to give us the opportunity to review our application before we submit. So I'm going to go ahead and click Input. And once we get here, we can actually download the application a PDF. You can view and save as PDF if you want. Um, but here, we're going to review the, ap the application and make sure all the information is correct. So the mark consists of a visual design of a wheel, having the word wheel bound at the center. Um, again, I didn't follow my 944 pixel count rule here, but it's okay. It's 624 is actually still pretty big. Again, this is the company, so we're filing under the company. So the company is going to put the mobile app out there. So that's why we're we're filing under our LLC. And again, this is the one place where your contact information is required. And again, the reason why that's required is because that's where all the correspondence is going to go. That's where they're going to send the application. Uh, filing receipt, for example, and any correspondence is going to go to that email. So make sure that email is correct and is accurate. And again, we are file, we're going to use file under class nine, and it's for mobile applications that provide language learning tools. And again, section one B, meaning we intend to release the app in the future, but we haven't yet released it. And then again, we gave it a docket number. Again, this is just to keep track of cases. We have a lot of cases on uh, in our internal in our internal company. And so we, we have to, have to, have to use docket numbers. Otherwise, there'd be no way for us to stay organized. And again, this is my um, this is my email. And then this is Victoria's email. And again, we're paying $275. So we're paying $50 more than the TS Plus. But but we got to craft our own description the way we wanted to see it. Uh, we weren't limited or into any sort of canned description that was required by the trademark office. Now, one thing I'll tell you is you might get an examiner that actually requires you to add the word downloadable. Uh, again, not a big deal. You can you can amend it later on with the examiner. That can usually be done informally over email, sometimes even over phone. But basically, what they might require you to do is just add the word downloadable before. So it might be downloadable mobile applications that provide language learning tools. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and click back again. Oh, by the way, this is my signature. Now, when I go back, I just want to tell you, everybody, before we uh, submit, it's a really, really important that you guys confirm that this is in fact the mark that you guys want to file because once you submit, you cannot go back and change it. So if after I submit, I talk to Victoria and she's like, oh, you know what? Actually, I think it should be wheel bounds like with an S plural. That'd be a whole new application. You cannot get a refund on this application. So keep that in mind. Make sure this application is correct and complete before you submit it. Otherwise, you're going to have to submit a whole new application and pay a whole new $275. Now, a couple more things. If you guys want to save the
form, just click save form and it downloads what's called a .obj file. That .obj file is really useful because let's say I wasn't 100% sure that I wanted to submit this morning, I could save it and then talk to Victoria about it and then come back tomorrow and then upload the that .obj file at the beginning of the filing process and it'll automatically populate the entire application for me. So it almost like restores the entire session. So useful tool, saves a lot of time. Now, let's say we made a mistake anywhere in the application, super easy to fix. Just click go back to modify and you can literally go back and step through every part of the application and it'll save all of your information. So it's always, it stores everything. And then the cool thing is, is that when you go forward, it's also, it's gonna, you don't lose any information. So it's all, it all gets saved. So again, pretty cool, a quick way to make changes, go forward. And then again, it's gonna save all the information. So you don't lose anything. Um, and then very last thing before we submit, we actually have to check this final box that reminds us of three very important things. First is that, again, as I said before, there are no refunds, okay? So there's some things that you cannot amend later. And one thing you cannot amend later is the actual mark. So make sure your mark is actually correct. And that's ex the exact mark that you guys are planning to use. The second thing, second thing is that Everything in this application is going to be public, so there's no right to confidentiality. That's why I was saying earlier that you might want to consider not disclosing your telephone number in the application just to, to keep your phone number off spam lists. The very third thing and last thing that they remind you of is that because the information is public, there unfortunately are a lot of companies that will send you spam letters trying to shake you down for money, trying to scam you out of money that you don't actually have to pay. So. If you get a scam letter, you should fault. You should go to this site here. You can you can search misleading notices. Uh, we we've actually done episodes on this before, but you can actually see. And if you search by the name of the company that sent you the letter, you can more than likely actually find them on this list because they keep a pretty comprehensive record of all these companies that are scamming people. And again, there, no such there's no such fees that are going to be due after you after you file your application. Only 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 if you do an intent to use. And then later you're gonna to have to submit an allegation of use or an extension of time. And there's fees associated with that with those. Um, but but the important thing to keep in mind is that those fees are paid through the trademark office site. It, you, you don't get a letter from the trademark office that then requires you to pay a fee uh, by mail. It's all it's all electronic, it's all online. So again, um, this is all this is all junk mail. Uh, again, and if you but if you're unclear, if you're unsure, just go to this site, go to the misleading notices site. Um, and take a look, and I'm sure you, you probably will find your letter, your scam letter on this site. Um, great, so our application is good to go. I'm gonna go ahead and click pay submit, and we will take you to a payment page. And once I enter my credit card information and pay, I will get what's called a filing receipt. That filing receipt has my filing date, has my entire application, and very importantly, it has my serial number, okay? That serial number is super important. So I'm gonna go ahead and remove this, uh, but just to remind you guys, the serial number is important because I can go to tsdr.uspto.gov and I can look up the status of my application. Um, I'll show you guys how to do that real quick. So once I have my serial number, all I do is go to tsdr.uspto.gov and I just enter it right in this box right here and click status, okay? And once I click status, it's gonna bring it up. Serial number is useful because it lets me track the status of my application throughout the entire process. And, and what's cool is that it also is tied to my application even after my application issues and is registered in the, in the principal register. So keep that in mind. A really, really useful 
uh, thing to have. And I, we obviously we have docking numbers next to serial numbers, and that's how we keep track of all our hundreds of cases. So again, I hope this video was helpful. This is episode 68. And again, we just this is the conclusion of our intent to use trademark applications for individuals and companies on mobile downloadable applications. So if you guys want to know how you guys can do that for your company or for your individual self, go back and watch these videos. I hope they bring you guys a lot of value. Again, um, if you guys have any questions, just send them to Victoria. Um, she can answer questions related to IP, uh, get them answered on the show for us, Victoria at dbip.com. Um, Victoria at dbip.com. And then also we have a community number, 415-943-5193, 415-943-5193. I'd love for you guys to join my text community. Send me a text. I will answer. That's You'll get direct access to me. And if you have a good question, we'll try to get it answered on the show. So thank you so much for watching, guys. This is episode 68. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend. And I look forward to seeing you guys on Monday for episode 69.